Hi, I'm Samantha. Hi, I'm Sarah. And, and we, we are, are the, the Doom, Doom Crew. Damn you! Hey nerds, today I'm going to be telling you about a murder. And I'm going to talk about a disappearance. So I'm going first today. I wanted to start out by saying that we always try to focus on the victim's story and telling, um, you know, their side of things. We want to focus on their past and, you know, the life that they had. There's not a lot of information available about the victim in my case. I still think it's a really important case to talk about. Um, but it's really recent. There's not a lot of publicly available information about this person. I did not feel right kind of digging into their life as I'm not an investigative reporter. I'm just someone with a podcast and I don't feel like it's right for me to reach out to someone in this person's life and ask about them. You know, there's nothing reported. So there's not going to be a lot of information about that in that case. So basically, my story is going to have a lot of information about the investigation itself, not as much about our victim uh, because of what's available at this time, and I want to respect the privacy of the victim and their family. Okay. So, Justin Long McDaniel Hayden was known by his friends as Justice. His Facebook says he studied at Le Cordon Bleu and was born in 1988. His family included a sister, three brothers, and a sister-in-law. He was an uncle to three. He lived in the Griffiths at the Domain Apartments in Austin, Texas. He was reported missing in early November of 2022. Oh, wow. This is recent, recent. Yes. Okay. This is very recent. This is why there's not a lot of information about him and why I don't want to go digging. This no, is like, it's too new. No, absolutely not. Respectfully, I'm telling you the story that was available at this time. And the investigation itself is why... We need to talk about this. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, on November 4th, the law firm of Gunter, Bennett, and Anthes called 911. Alan Bennett, over the phone, told the police that it had been three days since they or his family members had heard from Justice, and they were requesting a welfare check. They noted that Justice lived alone, did not own a car, and was not suicidal. Police went to Justice's apartment but no one responded to the door. Police asked for management's assistance in gaining entry to the apartment. Once inside, they noted that there were wine stains on the wall next to the bed, but no sign of Justin here, so they left. Oh, God. Oh, God. Management then changed the locks on the apartment so that if his key had been stolen, the person who took it could no longer access the apartment. That's weird. I I understand where it's weird, but also if there's, I don't know, like nope. I feel two different ways about it. Like I understand why they did so that like if someone has access that shouldn't, they can't get access anymore because they kept the replacement key like at the front desk. So like if so Justice came home. If he came back, yes, he could go and be like, hey, my key's not working. What's going on? And they'd be like, oh, great. You're okay. Here's your key. There you go. Gotcha. I, I follow both trains of thought. I also think, like, I don't know. It like, is, what, it is like, weird. Yeah. No, it feels it's weird. It's weird. It doesn't help the uh, investigation at all. It, but that's management's choice. The police didn't ask for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Just a few days later, Justice's father called the Austin police to officially report him missing. He said that neither he nor his wife had been in contact with Justice since October 26th and that they usually spoke, like, almost daily. Oh, damn. Yeah. His father also had access to Justice's bank accounts as an executor and noted that there was no activity after November 1st. No. Mm-hmm. So... It wasn't wine stains, was it? Okay, you're getting there. You're getting there. Yeah, indirectly this next paragraph, I swear. Oh, I'm proud. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the family hired a private investigator right away. And on November 9th, the investigator searched Justice's apartment for the first time. He noted some concerning things. Number one, that the wine stains next to the bed could definitely be blood. And number two, when he pulled back the covers on the bed, there were reddish-brown stains on the mattress and running to the floor. Oh, God. Yeah. So he immediately called 911 to report what he'd found, evidence suggesting a violent crime. Police came later that day to test the reddish-brown stains, and they tested positive as human blood. Oh, not red wine? Yeah. Not red wine. Fuck off. Yeah. So, while police were there, a neighbor came up to them and said that she had called 911 on November 1st because she had heard a man screaming, oh my god, in the hallway. No, that gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Based on records, that call was around 7.56 p.m. on November 1st. Police responded, but they couldn't locate individuals that would have been involved in okay. any sort of yelling, so. Oh, but if they have record, okay. Sorry, go ahead, mm-hmm. feel free. No, you're fine. You've got a lot of great questions. Um, a search was executed the next day on November 10th, 2022, after obtaining another search warrant. Seized evidence include bedding, DNA swabs, a laptop computer, and security footage. They had also found a receipt from Whole Foods on October 31st, so they got the footage from Whole Foods as well. The footage gave a lot of info to the police. So Justice and an unidentified male shopped at Whole Foods together. And the unidentified person holds the grocery bag when they leave. Later that evening, the apartment footage shows the men returning to the residence. The unidentified man is still holding what appears to be the same bag from Whole Foods. Then the men leave the apartment in Halloween costumes on October 31st. Oh, yeah. Um, they appeared to be Game of Thrones themed. And this was around 8.35 p.m. on October 31st. They returned to the apartments at 1.44 a.m. November 1st. Later on November 1st, the footage shows one man wearing a long-sleeved white hoodie, white pants, blue latex gloves, and what appears to be a medical mask over his face exit the apartment around 3.03 p.m. This man is carrying two large trash bags in one hand and what appears to be a cardboard boxed and crushed brown paper in the other. They noted that this man kept his face away from the cameras and his head down. He was later seen walking inside the parking garage and then back toward Justice's apartment with his face still concealed. Less than an hour later, around 4 p.m., The same man exits the building dragging a large blue plastic tote bin and a large black duffel bag on top. It was said that he appeared to struggle with these items, so they theorized that they must have been heavy. 
Parking garage footage shows a blue two-door Honda sedan with no rear bumper enter the garage at 5.11 p.m. The trunk is open and what appears to be the same blue tote is inside. The vehicle parks in a guest space. At 5.12 p.m., one minute later, the same male, dressed in white with blue gloves and a mask, exits the vehicle and goes back to the apartment one last time. He later exits the garage in the Honda at 5.16 p.m. The tote was still visible as he left. Okay, do they have specifically him going into Justice's apartment or just the complex itself? Do you know? All they have said is back toward Justice's apartment, so I am assuming they probably have that video that... I don't know if the video shows, like, outside of everyone's doors or if it just shows, like, like the complex to the okay. elevators. Yeah, you, you know, know what I'm saying. Shows, shows yeah. him getting off on the floor. Gotcha. Yeah, that's okay. kind of the only thing they said is he went back toward. Towards. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Using phone records, police find that one of the last known contacts of Justice Hayden is Gavin Roberts. Police contacted Gavin, and he told police that he had last spoken to Justin on November 1st on the phone. And that he went to drop off a set of kitchen knives, but Justin wasn't home when he was there, so he left. He also mentioned that Justice mentioned he was going to be traveling to Las Vegas, but he said he didn't know where to find him. Oh, okay. (laughs) Fuck yourself, sir. You lies. So police knew this did not match the timeline of the surveillance footage. Police searched their records and found that Gavin Roberts owned a blue 2007 Honda Civic with a Colorado license plate. Shocker. After learning this, they were able to find this vehicle on different businesses' security footage from November 1st. So first, the vehicle arrived at a hardware store and bought items including a spade-type garden shovel And then later went to McDonald's at 7.46 p.m. in Gerald with the same blue tote in the trunk. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So this is 7.46 p.m. on November 1st. Remember that woman's call on November 1st? Was it like 8 something p.m.? Yeah, I'm confused. So, again, it's not said that it's related, but that woman called and she came up to police and was like, hey, but it was the wrong day. Yeah. That, okay, it was probably unrelated. You just, uh, like, helped me when I was, like, sitting here like, am I an idiot? Because I no. swear to God he died the night before. I know. And that's okay. what I was first reading this and was like, oh, my gosh. But it seems that it was unrelated. Gotcha. Because, again, police were not able to find those people, which is 10 minutes after he was at McDonald's in Gerald, which is not close to the apartments. Gerald's a different town. So okay. on November 17th, Austin police announced a search for a person of interest in the case. They were looking for a male from 25 to 35 years old, about 5 foot 8, 140 pounds, brown hair, a tattoo on their left forearm, last seen wearing black pants and a gray shirt. Details for the car were a two-door, blue Honda Civic with a sunroof, no rear bumper, no front license plate, no registration sticker on the windshield. The next day on November 18th, Gavin called the missing persons line to say that his picture was on the news and he wanted to talk about justice. Oh. He said he'd driven the Civic to Colorado on November 15th and that he was currently in Denver. At that point, he confirmed that he did go to Whole Foods with Justice and that they did attend a Halloween party together later that night. 
He also said that they spent the night at Justice's place. He said that the blue tote had miscellaneous items in it, including full beer cans that he later dropped off at a friend's house for safekeeping. Police then tried to ask him about some of the inconsistencies in his statements compared to the video footage, and Gavin said that he was late for a meeting and ended the call and did not call back. Very sus, sir. Very sus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it is very sus. As, as this case is not over, of course, everything we're talking about is alleged. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so... He may not have done it. So we don't get our asses sued. I this is you. alleged. But I'm just presenting you the facts that I'm able to find. So, U.S. Marshals confirmed that 26-year-old Gavin McLeod Roberts was arrested on November 23rd, 2022, at a residence in Thornton, Colorado. He was arrested by the District of Colorado's Violent Offender Task Force, (laughs) charged with tampering with evidence, and he was then awaiting extradition to Texas. Okay. Once in custody, he started talking. Of course he did, the little bitch. Robert. Sorry, that's probably a good thing, and I'm like, you're just a pussy. <laughs> but also, I hate this guy, so it's okay. This guy does suck. Um, a fuck ton. So once in custody, he started talking. Roberts admitted to the police. Roberts admitted to the police that he stabbed Justin in the neck and chest with a kitchen knife, then hit him in the face several times with a cast iron skillet. Jesus. He said that the incident started out as a fight in the bedroom and that Justin had first grabbed a kitchen-style knife. He said he got the knife from Justin and then stabbed him in the neck. Justin came after him again, so he stabbed him in the chest this time. He said that Justin fell down quickly at first. Then he changed his story, and now, after the first stab in the neck, he fumbled and dropped the knife and said that Justice ran to the kitchen and grabbed the cast-iron skillet to defend himself. He said he then took the skillet away from Justice and hit him across the face several times. Investigators noted, while Gavin said the fight started in the bedroom and progressed to the kitchen, there wasn't a lot of blood between those two places in the apartment. And Gavin also said that he went to a nearby coffee shop before returning to the apartment to clean up and load Justice's body into his car. Oh, that's chill. That's very chill. Yeah. Police showed Gavin where Justice's phone had last pinged before turning off, and they said that Gavin thought about this for a few minutes and then said, give me the map. Gavin then circled where he had buried Justice's body. Oh my gosh. Justice Hayden's body was recovered on December 1st, 2022, near Ronald Reagan Boulevard and Interstate 35 in Austin, Texas. His identity was confirmed via fingerprints from the autopsy. Nearby the body was a plastic tote and a cast iron skillet. Gavin was booked into the Travis County Jail on December 13th and charged with murder in the first degree. Austin Police Chief Joseph Chacon told KVUE that he has been informed about the initial police response in Justice's disappearance and said the department is reviewing officers' actions. hmm. He said, right now, I do not have enough information to comment further. I am aware of it, and we are actively looking into it. You're aware that you all look like dumb fucks? Red wine stains? Like, come on. There's a missing person. You go into their apartment. Someone called 911, even if it wasn't on the same date. You don't know that. Because you have no idea what this is 
you, a week you later, don't you don't know. Exactly. It could have been the same fucking night. You don't know yet. Exactly. But you're too fucking lazy. Oh, it looks like it looks like some red wine. I'm sorry, blood and red wine aren't that similar. No. Red wine is gonna stay red. Blood but brown. turns brownish when it oxidizes. Yeah, like they should look different. Like the fact that an investigator, like two days after y'all searched the apartment, and a private investigator comes in two days later, and is like. Yeah, I think that's probably not red wine. It did not look different. It If he died on the morning of November 1st, from six days to eight days, it didn't Ugh. change color. No, and there had to have been a... Blood smells. Yeah. Blood has a smell. All the PI did was throw back the covers and see. And if it went down to the floor... So you're telling me you didn't look at the floor the first time? All of it's disturbing. Were they? Did, I, mean, I know you couldn't find very inf- much information because yeah. it's so recent. Do you have any idea how they knew each other? No, I okay. don't. I, I don't know if like they were friends. They were Tinder. Yeah, I didn't see anything that was really talking about how they knew each other. So yeah, okay. I was just curious, but um, I'm allegedly really, fucked that guy. Allegedly fucked that guy. Yeah, so I'm anxiously we're... awaiting some justice for Justice's family. Yeah, yeah, to just get this guy, if this is, if this is the guy, which kind of seems like it is, he kind of told the police he did it, and kind of told them where to find justice, but, you know, trial's not over, so innocent until proven guilty. I'd, I'd love to know how this man might be um, innocent if he knew where he was buried and how he died. It just, it seems to me like the police could have done a little bit more in their initial search, especially with quote-unquote red wine stains, and you didn't... You didn't even lift up the sheet. No, you didn't didn't... do that. Like, and I get, okay, you're doing a welfare check, no one's there, but like, they didn't say that the apartment was in shambles or in a disarray. If everything's clean, but there's red wine on the wall, do you really think someone who keeps their place clean is just going to leave red wine on the wall? Like, come on. How did he not think he was going to get caught? I have no idea. I don't understand. Like, there's cameras everywhere these days. Yeah. It's a lot. Like, the amount that you're available to be tracked nowadays is wild. Like, I mean, good. If I ever go missing. Exactly. We're going to find you. They shouldn't leave with anyone willingly. No. Moral of my story is don't fucking trust anyone. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well, that's where I'm at, is don't trust anyone. I mean, I don't know if this guy was trustworthy in the least. (laughs) All right, fine. I trust you. You probably won't kill me. Probably not. I don't think I'm too lazy for that. The amount of cleanup, like, do you think it sounds like I want to sign myself up for an all-day activity? Probably not. No. Do you think that I would survive in prison? No. 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 I would be like, "Mm, this is it. This is how it ends. First day. I'd be yeah. like, this is it. Be like, well, who wants to make me their bitch? <laughs> Hi. I'm right here. I'm the problem. I'm, I'm not going to be the alpha. <laughs> I'm aware. I, I'm not even a beta. I'm an omega. Yes. You tell me. <laughs> the fuck I need to do. Oh, my God. No, anyways. Tell me is... a happy story. I... Oh, did you not have one of those today? Not on the doom curl. Oh, okay, okay. Well, what's next? All right. Anywho. Any Hoosier. I don't actually have much information on my person either, but the reason is, is that this person was a homebody who didn't really share personal details of his life. Oh, okay. So no one has any information, including his parents. Like, he's wow. just very okay, introverted. 100%. I'm, 
Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So, Scott Coville was born on April 12th, 1962. He had an average childhood. Nothing spectacular stood out. He had a good relationship with his parents, but like I said before, it wasn't a relationship. He felt he needed to share everything or keep in touch constantly. Sure. He liked to be private. Um, Scott attended La Sierra College in Riverside, California in the mid-1980s. He was studying biology. At college, Scott met classmate Jane N. Lim, who was in the physical therapy program. They started out as just friends, but eventually started dating. Scott left the school and moved to Sitka, Alaska, and... When he first moved to Alaska, he started working in the commercial fishing industry, and then he moved to a pulp mill. After graduating, Jane followed Scott to Alaska. Okay. Um, Man, that's, that is real love, to, like, move to Alaska for somebody. I mean... Oh, girl. You're guaranteeing that you're a plane ride away from people, like your own family. I was like, literally just going to say, Sitka, Alaska, let me tell you a little bit about this town, Okay. It was not somewhere I could ever even live. Okay. It's, and they came from California. So California to Alaska. Did he just choose Alaska randomly? Did he have a reason to go to Alaska? I think it was the fishing industry and wanting to work with marine life. Okay, sure. Because biology was his jam. But he didn't, he yeah. didn't graduate, but he still loved biology. Yeah. Marine biology was specifically. Sure. But Sitka can only be accessed by water or air. Yep. Yep. Mountains carved by glaciers surround the village. Yeah. The average yearly rainfall is around 86 inches, and the average snowfall reaches around 39 inches. Okay, but for a year, 39 inches is like Iowa. The uh, Really? I feel like there are some winters when it, it was feet tall on my back deck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, valid. Yeah. Um. The Sounds average pretty temp- chill for Alaska. Yeah, the average isn't bad. The temperature isn't horrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like the average high is around 62 degrees in the summer. Okay, yeah. But it chilly. doesn't drop below 30 in the winter. Like really? Very rarely. Oh, okay, so they're pretty temperate. Yeah. Uh, the variation of temperature is very little and doesn't too sound too freaking bad. Yeah. Just to be honest, I could live there with that temperature. But the land area is Fucking huge. It's literally the largest city in the United States. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's four times larger than the state of Rhode Island. Well, that's a baby. But it's an entire damn state. And four it times larger. town. It's a town. <laughs> in 1990, the population of Sitka was only 8.6 thousand. Oh, okay. Okay. That's bigger than I thought. I thought you were going to say it was like 400 people. No. Okay. But... That spread out. The average age wasn't, like, a huge variation. For women, it was 40. For men, it was 39. Okay. But it's not like... Jane was only 23 and Scott was 26. Okay. So how many 23-year-olds do you know that are going out hanging out with 40-year-olds? Not a ton. Not a ton. So, in October of 1987, the couple married in Alaska with a simple civil ceremony. The next year, in February, the couple had a large church wedding in San Diego for their families. So very early on in the relationship, they realized marriage wasn't just always simple and fun. Weird. Personally, I married BJ after already been together for eight years. Yeah. So I already knew, like, what I was getting into. Yeah. They didn't. They also lived very far away. Scott confided in his mother that their marriage was fire and ice. Jane and Scott actually called his parents. This is how bad it was. Mr. Introverted Scott called his parents for fucking relationship advice oh great 
Yeah, uh, they wanted to know how they could improve their relationship. Scott's parents basically said there needs to be compromise in the marriage. They needed to work together, not against each other. Scott's mom seemed to think the reason for the call was due to a fight they had and just needed to talk. They seemed to fight all the time, and they weren't one of those couples that love the toxic fights, you know, like couples that make up sex, hate sex, things like that. Like, they they love that energy. Yeah. That wasn't them. Sure. They weren't there, so, yeah. As I said, they didn't seem to have many friends in the area. Scott had a few from work. Jane didn't have too many because they were young and in a trailer in Alaska. And I was going to say, honestly, I think personally I would be totally fine with that. But most individuals would not. Living by myself, isolated like that. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I really don't think it would bother me. I can 100% say that. I don't think it would bother me. If I had a dog, set. Yeah. For life. But I can't imagine for most people it was good for their marriage or their mental health as individuals to be so isolated. Absolutely. Look what happened when everyone went, like... COVID. Yeah. When we had to start isolating and people were like, oh my god, this sucks. I hate my life. Yeah. like I hate myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's like, "Um, listen, I think I'm going to need to go to therapy if I I have to spend this much time alone with my thoughts. Yeah, I feel like therapists filled up real fast after COVID. Seriously, they're so hard to get into right now. I know. No. It's bananas. I know. Yeah. And there's a reason. Like, I knew I needed a therapist for years before I started going to therapy. I was like, yeah, I should probably talk to somebody about this. Oh, see, my therapist was like, when I was a child, <laughs> my dad's like, therapy, here we come. I mean, I feel like you had circumstances that definitely yeah. justified needing a therapist earlier in life. Not that, like, there has to be, like, a justification. Anyone should, I feel like everyone should go to therapy. You like and my sister-in-law once. are on the same fucking page. She's convinced every fucking person needs to see a therapist. Everyone could use therapy. It's not like, oh it's my god, you're crazy. Taboo. You need to talk to someone. Like, it's okay to not understand why some things make you feel a certain way. And, like, just need to talk it out with someone. Let's get back to my case. Yeah, I'm so sorry. No, but we like, both went on. Everyone should go to therapy. That's my story. Okay. The end, as Jackson would say. <laughs> okay. So the conversation with Scott's parents, a few weeks went by and his parents didn't get any further, further phone calls stating they needed help in their marriage. Um, their parent, his parents didn't think anything of it. They didn't hear from him much anyways. Yeah. But on April 12th, 1988, Scott's mom tried to call and wish him a happy birthday. She wasn't able to get a hold of him. She mailed a check. It was never cashed. Hmm. On April 14th, Scott was supposed to appear in court for a ticket and he never showed. His mother called for a few weeks, once a week, each week. And at one point, she finally received a message on their home phone stating that the number had been disconnected. Oh. She called Scott's friend in Alaska, who said he hadn't seen Scott since before his birthday. At this point, his mom started to worry, but she didn't want to worry too much because Scott did his own thing. Didn't always keep his parents up to date on his whereabouts. But honestly, just to be completely blunt and honest, at 26, 27, I don't think I told my dad... Where I was all the time. No. God, no. I was I was living in Chicago. My God, no. I didn't tell my parents where, where I was all the time. No, that sounds dangerous. I was all over the place. I was working Actually, at a bar. I was out everywhere in the middle of the night. Like, No, I had a kid. My dad probably knew most of the time where the fuck I was because if I needed someone to watch him. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you had a kid. You were probably, you know, yes. at home. But before my kid, my, son, my dad... Sure as fuck did not know what I was doing when we lived in, like, no. college town. No. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Yeah. 
But I wouldn't go weeks without talking to my parents. No, yeah. I That's s- too long. I still talk to my parents, like... Once I, a week. Yeah, I say my dad's probably once a week. My mom's always been a little bit more than that. But on Mother's Day, May 8th, she received a card signed for both Scott and Jane and Jane's handwriting. Once again, not too suspicious. Generally, I sign all cards with BJ in my name. Yeah. Just saying. The only weird thing about it was the envelope was postmarked from San Bernardino, California, which was only a few hours away from where his parents lived. So his mom was feeling weird that her son would travel over 2,300 miles from Alaska to California, but wouldn't drive a couple hours to come see them, or at least let them know that he was in town. Yeah, that's super weird. Yeah. It's, that's where Jane's parents lived, so she thought maybe they went there for Mother's Day, but still didn't understand why her son wouldn't at least be like, Hey, Ma. Like, I'm in the state. Call. I'm in the continental On U.S. again. Day. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it felt a little weird. Um, so with the card on May 8th, Scott's parents weren't able to talk to him. On May 30th, his parents called the Sitka police after not being able to get a hold of Scott for so long. Yeah. The police like went, a month and a, a month at this point. Yes. Wow. Um, the police went to the trailer and saw all Jane's things were gone and all Scott's stuff was there but no one could identify his whereabouts. Mm. On June 8th, they placed an article in the local paper with his photo requesting any information. No one reached out. Detectives tried to contact Jane, but couldn't get a hold of her. Scott's truck was found at the airport, but there was no information of him buying a ticket. And back in the 80s and 90s, you could buy a ticket under a false name, and it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So it could have been purchased under someone else's name. They didn't have yeah, any specifications Yeah, it wasn't like that. it is today. No, TSA, we talked about it. Yeah, we did. Yep. No one knew where Jane or Scott were. But in the summer of that year, Scott's parents got a letter from Jane. The letter was three pages long. She stated that one day she went home to the trailer and Scott and his truck were gone. She thought he'd given up on fighting for their marriage and taken off. She felt he'd been smoking a lot of weed and acting weird because of the marijuana that he was smoking. Definitely, that makes Mm -hmm. you a whole different person did yep but also this is sick Alaska what the fuck else is he gonna do so Jane ended the letter by giving his parents her new number and said to call if there were any questions they never called her his mother stated I was afraid if I talked to her I may say something a Christian shouldn't say in June of 1989 Jane had to announce she was suing Scott for divorce And because no one could serve him papers, and Scott never responded, she got the divorce. The case of Scott went cold. Um, In 1994, Scott's parents declared him dead. Oh, my God. Scott's father died never knowing what had happened to his son. Oh, my God. That's Um, horrible. Yeah. Can you imagine? No, and I don't want to. I know you can't imagine. Like, no one should ever have to, but, like, just going through the heartbreak that is, like, not being able to contact and being, like, I guess we have to declare. Oh my god! There's like a fucking fucking. There's only really two things that could have happened. He either died, or he abandoned you and never talked to you again. Which one's worse? Yeah. I don't know. I literally couldn't tell you what would be worse for me, but they're both shitty. So his dad died in that state of mind. Yeah. And that breaks my fucking heart. Wow, our cases this week are sad as fuck. You're not wrong. Just heartbreak all over the place. So, Jane 
later got married to a gentleman named Chris Reth. They married in early 2000, but they later divorced in 2005. They had moved to Illinois together. When they got divorced, Chris moved back to California and Jane stayed in Illinois. Okay. In 2007, Chris applied to have something done that I didn't even know was possible. Um, he requested with the Roman Catholic Church to have his marriage with Jane annulled, which I didn't know you could do through the church. But what on what grounds can you request that? Did it... Through the Roman Church? They take it very fucking serious, so they have to do investigations and shit into yeah. what your request is. Yeah, so like Here's... what... Yeah. What his was. Thank you. He just put in the request and they sent out investigators. Sure. The man who investigated their marriage was also a retired LAPD homicide detective. And with the church? And with the church. Cool. Yeah. So Chris told the detective that he wanted his marriage annulled and Jane had confided in him that she had murdered her first husband, Scott. What? Yep. She admitted to him and he didn't want that relationship Tarring his religion or whatever. His I don't afterlife. Know. Yeah, I guess. The fact that he knew a secret about someone else. I don't know, but he went to the church about it. And because he went to a, the investigator and not a priest, there's no confidentiality requirements. Yeah. No. There's the priest, no. you know, can't. Are, sure, are, that's a confession. Yeah, they don't say anything. Aren't they? Do they? Can they? I don't okay, know. This, I go what are the forth. parameters on this? We need to do more research on that. Yeah. Like, okay. Also, if one of our listeners knows this. Yeah, that would be cool. Okay. <sighs> if someone confesses a murder or that they've harmed someone else to a Catholic priest, is there any obligation to take that to the police? See, I think no. And the reason I think no is because other priests have confided in priests that they've molested children and the priests went to the church, but they didn't go to the, the police because they went and handled internally through yeah. the church, not handled through the government. My therapist told me there are three people you tell the truth to, no matter what your lawyer, your therapist and your doctor. Yeah. Cause they're not telling anybody shit. Yeah. Because of confidentiality. Yeah. But your therapist could, you know, if you, well, if you, yeah, yeah. the therapist rules are like, if you're going to harm someone else or harm yourself or I guess, have harmed? Do they have to? I I don't know the rules. I don't either. If you know the rules, let us know, because it's interesting. Well, anyways, the detective ended up calling the Sitka Police Department. (laughs) Uh, The Alaska's cold case unit took on the case of finding out what the fuck happened to Scott. Yeah. Uh, Chris agreed to work with the police and had a phone conversation between him and Jane taped where she confessed to the murder. Mm. They had no body and they had no physical evidence. And bitch could change her story. If she wanted to change it, she could change it. Yeah, they retract shit all the time. So this, yeah, they do. The state troopers went to Illinois to confront Jane. She tried to deny it all at first, and they were like, mm, let's listen to you admit that you did it on this tape. And she was like, okay, yeah, I, I did it. She confessed um, that on the night of Scott's birthday, Scott told her he wasn't happy and wanted a divorce. She waited until Scott went to sleep took their gun, and shot him in the neck. She stated because Scott was so much bigger than him, she couldn't easily get rid of his body, so she cut him up with a long-handed axe as he lay dead on their mattress. How the fuck do I don't... Okay. She then cut up the bloodstained mattress and shoved it into a garbage bag. She then shoved Scott into a garbage bag, loaded them up in Scott's truck, and disposed of them in several dumpsters around town. 
Back then, Sitka burned all their trash and incinerators. So when she disposed of his body, he was burned with the trash. There was oh, no, my God. no proof of what happened. Wow. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. They still didn't feel like they had enough with her confession. Because there was, again, no body. Yeah. So hard when there's no body. So the police somehow were able to locate that fucking trailer that they lived in. They pulled up the carpet, and on the subfloor, there was a large blood stain. Took samples, used Scott's wisdom teeth con- to compare the DNA, which his mom kept his wisdom teeth. Maybe that's why our parents keep our teeth, even though both me and you think it's gross as fuck. It's weird. They do it. My Maybe. mom, I'm calling her out. She has my baby teeth. My dad, I'm calling him out, has my baby teeth. Y'all weird. Well, had a purpose in this case. Yeah, well, hopefully ours don't have to get used, well, Sarah. His mom probably thought the same thing, Samantha. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no sorry, I meant no. So, it took 22 years, but Jane was indicted for first-degree murder and temp- tampering with evidence. All Jane's friends who'd met her after moving from Alaska could not believe she could do such a thing. She had dedicated her life to her church. She had a master's degree in social work and worked for people with developmental issues and disabilities. On October 8, 2010, Jane took a plea deal pleading guilty to second-degree murder. Prosecution agreed to drop the tampering with evidence. She's had the probability that she could still be charged up to 99 years in prison with just the second-degree murder charge. Okay. Okay. She claimed at trial that she murdered him because he was abusive to her. Jane's lawyer asked for a sentence of 15 years due to the abuse. They could not prove. Um, And the length of time that she was dedicated to being a good person after she moved from Alaska. Have you ever heard of guilt? Like, you feel guilty, so you try to be, like... A better person or something. Yeah, people try to hide that way. BTK was super active in his church. Don't tell me that that makes you a good person. That's how that bitch was caught. His church computer. He's so dumb. So dumb. So stupid. The judge didn't believe her. He agreed. Like, you waited until after he was asleep. There's no proof of you doing anything. Like, you didn't go to a shelter. You didn't call the cops. You didn't do anything to stay your abused. And you shot him and cut him up with an axe. It's fucked up. Sucks. She fucked up. Her ex-husband didn't say anything about that either. No. He didn't say she told me she was abused. She just told me she killed her ex. Yeah. She was sentenced to 55 years in prison with 19 suspended. She is now serving 36 years. She will be eligible for parole in 2034 when she is 70 years old. Wow. Like I said, there wasn't much about Scott because Scott was like, mind your business, yo. So, I minded my business, yo. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to take a quick, quick five and we'll come back and talk about whatever we decide to talk about this week? Yeah, sounds like a plan, Stan. <laughs> Let's do this. We'll figure it out while we grab a drink. Yep. So this week we had something really exciting, a really cool visitor. Stop a bye. Yes. My Faja came to visit. My dad came down. Um, he was working about an hour from here, so he was able to come and spend the weekend here at my house. It was so good to have him. It was so fun. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so much fun. We laughed a lot. Yes. 
Oh my god, we played What Do You Meme, which, which I thought was going to be stupid. Yeah, I've had the game for a really long time. I've really wanted to play it, and so like I bought it and some expansion packs because I'm ridiculous and that's who I am. Yeah, the game was so much fun. Um, I had a blast playing. I laughed so much more than I thought we were going to. Like I peed a little. I didn't. <laughs> if you want the full fucking truth, oh my I god, peed a little. Not I enough not to like. Know. Sure. I did not know how funny it was going to be. So funny. We did not say for work version. No. Was oh the my God. best answers. Yes. You know which one that one was. That was the darkish purple. Yeah. yeah it, those those were my dark favorite. Those were so good. So funny. So fucked up. Yes. And your dad was dying. Mm-hmm. Your, and he, was, what was funny was, is when I'm reading a card and I'm laughing, you can't understand what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah. So then the card has to be passed around so others can... Understand why I sound like a hyena. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so good. It was but great. Yeah, I had a great time. I did too. That and he brought me a stocking. He did. It was a baby stocking. Yeah, he brought Sarah a stocking. So thanks, Katie. Yeah, thanks, Katie. Her dad now verifies we are not in a relationship, but he yeah. still brought me a stocking. He did. You got a stocking still. I it was did. So cute. It was so little. Yeah. A tiny mini one. And then he also told Jackson that he was going to steal his stuffed animal that Jackson had left on the bed. Yes! Oh my god, and he laughed like a hyena. <laughs> and Jackson was, the next day, was still on it, and then said something, both me and his dad were like, what the fuck did you just say? He's in the back seat, and he goes, Samantha's dad is a really big psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> on video, we have Jackson being like, yeah, Samantha's dad. He's just a huge psychopath. I was like, so why? Funny. And he's like, because he's just a really big psychopath. And I was like, okay, but why? Explain yourself. And finally, he's like, because he said he was going to take my boxy, which is his stuffed animal's name, away. And I was like, <laughs> and then I laugh. <laughs> so It was so funny. I was like, I was like, no, Jackson, my dad's kidding. And then my dad laughed like an evil character from a, like a Disney movie. Like he muahahahahed. Yes, he yes. gave a very evil laugh into there. And I was like, oh my God. Like, and Jackson, Jackson was falling asleep and he's like, no way, Jose. Audio oh. message. Yeah, he sent Samantha an audio message because we weren't here saying, no way, Jose. It was so cute. That's oh my mine. gosh. And yeah. he was like half asleep. Yeah. But he needed to make sure that Samantha's dad knew. You cannot have Boxy. That's his. Oh, my God. He got it from Lanky Box. So cute. We had a lot of fun with your dad. Yeah. He was freaking hilarious. Yeah. I told you guys he was going to be very funny. Like, BJ asked me last week, he was like, where do you get your weirdness from? And I was like, oh, 100% my dad. Yeah, I like how your dad's like, yeah, and the sound effects, those are for me, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My dad does sound effects. He does different voices for things. Like, that's why... I am the way I am. Did he read great books as a child? Did yeah. Did he make great characters? Yes. Every book had voices. My dad just really made up new stories because he was like, they're boring to read over and over and over again, which valid. Yeah. He's not wrong. No. Absolutely not. Like, every kid goes through a phase where they want something read to them or they want to watch, like, on repeat, ad nauseum, and you're like, please, God, let this Or... Stop. They want to listen to the same song. All the That's time. That's Jackson's thing, is yeah. songs. Mm-hmm. Which, that song would be, How Do I Say Goodbye by Dean Lewis. So sad. Yeah. Such a sad song. And my son's just singing it with his whole heart. And I'm like, yeah. who hurt you? Yes, <laughs> like, right? What other lives has Jackson lived? Well, on the game Jenga, when it asked him, what do you do outside for fun? He said, kill bears. Kill bears. It's the best answer I've ever heard. 
he's living a life much different than mine. Yeah, I don't know where he would have ever even seen a bear. I don't know, but he's out there killing him. Apparently. Thanks, Jackson, for keeping us safe. Doing a great job, bud. Speaking of wild animals. No. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about it. Oh, So, hey, I'm with you. In the past few weeks, we have been wanting to start going on walks as a family, and we keep running out of time before the sun sets. And so then I have put up a stink because I'm like, I'm not walking after dark. There's coyotes out here. We live in the fucking boonies. There's almost nothing around us. Like, the town that is three miles down the road has 1,500 people in it. Like, we're not talking a city. No. And we're out in the middle of fields. Like, there are packs of coyotes (laughs) that are in and around this neighborhood, and you can hear them at night. I know. And so I'm like, I'm not going outside to walk when there's fucking wild dogs out there. Like, are you kidding? Like, that just doesn't seem safe to me. I don't know. We have a child and small dogs. Like, I just don't think this is a good idea, right? Well, we brought this up. Um, we said something about it because my friend Cheyenne came over. She lives just a couple blocks away and we've been drinking. And so we're like, well, we can't, we can't have you drive home. Like, how will we get you home? Because that was my thought is how are we going to do this? Because we've all been drinking and someone brought up that she should walk. And I said, no, no, (laughs) she would die. (laughs) Yeah. You cannot walk. There are coyotes. And she's like, yep, that's right. There's coyotes. I can't walk. And my dad and BJ looked at us like... We were dumb. They're like, what are you talking about? It's just coyotes. And we're like, what do you mean just coyotes? They're not just little baby kittens. That's not... Yeah. No, no, no. This is a wild dog that searches for food, and I just happen to be food. (laughs) (laughs) I just happen to be that. It eats meat. I am meat. So, it's... Yeah, logic, right? (laughs) Um, Also... BJ and my dad got along so well. Best of friends. Best of friends. So as soon as my dad starts going, no, what are you talking about? You're not going to get attacked by coyotes. BJ's in the back like, this is what I said. This is what I said. I love this. Like, he's he's having the best time because someone's on his side finally, right? Because obviously Sarah and I are on the same side. We're like, often in on the, yeah. 98.6% of times. Poor man. Anyways. Yeah, it's probably hell. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine. We should be nicer. Eh, both Meh. of us. <laughs> okay. I don't think I'm just we're kidding. mean I by any either. means. No. Um, sorry, I got off track. Let's get back to it. My dad is like, you're not going to get attacked by coyotes. And we're like, listen, um, I still think we are. <laughs> and so then he had the audacity in my own home to Google... <laughs> And tell me that I was wrong. <laughs> I mean... It turns out I'm wrong. <laughs> well, yes, but also no, because <laughs> there is a number. Right. That number there <laughs> may are be less than roughly, one person a month. <laughs> there are roughly 10 coyote attacks in the United States every year. And listen, <laughs> I just don't want to be a statistic. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, I died. You're like, I just don't want to be a <clears throat> statistic. And I was like... I could be, though. I... Listen, <laughs> it could happen. And so here's the thing. Lots of people are never going to hear packs of coyotes, right? Lots of people live in big cities where you're never going to hear coyotes. But guess what? I happen to hear coyotes. It means my chances <laughs> are much, much higher than someone who lives in the city. So I am taking what I feel are appropriate <laughs> precautions. 
to not be correct in one can, of the ten. I can hear them. That means they're close. That means I shouldn't take a chance on it, right? I'm not going to leave my door unlocked just because someone probably won't break <laughs> in. Because only X amount of homes get broken into. No! I'm still going to lock my fucking doors. The percentages of homes that get broken into is so much higher. I get it. However, (laughs) anyone's home can get broken into. Not everyone (laughs) is going to hear coyotes. And I can. And so the chance is really high. It's just astronomically high. Astronomically. (laughs) astronomically higher than my dad feels it is <laughs> yeah, to he, me yeah <laughs> he didn't make us all feel kind of stupid for like a hot second i was like oh <laughs> yeah i'm a genius yeah I was but like, moving on still look, could happen well yeah and then he looks at lavender and goes coyotes are the size of her oh no, no of, of hades. hades that's right he oh, we was were... pointing to hades <laughs> the 80 pound pit bull and going they're only about this size and i'm like the big dog that scares people they're only that big yeah, the dog, when he looks at you, looks mean as fuck because he's just got wide shoulders. I don't need that in my life. No. no. I'm, good. I'm like, good. And then he says, or one of them say, coyote packs are usually just including a lot of stray dogs. Okay, um, feral dogs scare me more than coyotes even do. So, so that's not a good answer. Yeah, my dog was feral before I got her, and she does some questionable things. She eats rocks. She does. I mean, Potter did, and he wasn't. She a... also sticks her nose in mud. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> She's funny. She's trying to, just to drink the mud water. So, you started school again. I just started, but it's already chaos. <laughs> like, I wrote out my schedule for the week and was like, oh, gross. Yeah, you sent me, like, a picture of your week and you're like, hey, am I missing anything? And I expected it to say, recording this day editing this day and there were like 70 things on this week and I just go I think so I don't know (laughs) I was like I what is that there's so much on there yeah school's gonna be a pain in the ass but it always is but it'll be worth it semester ever yes yes um for the record so we're recording in my room right now and BJ is in the living room which is just on the other side of my wall and I just want you to know that BJ texts me and goes, coyotes are harmless. Oh my God, fuck yourself. <laughs> um, oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. He sent us messages in our group chat. He goes, I fucking told you both that coyotes don't do shit. Haven't you ever seen Wiley and the Roadrunner? <laughs> no, I haven't. Because I'm not old. I have seen that. Just yes, kidding. Of course you have. I was like, of course you've seen Wiley, Coyote, and the Roadrunner. Yeah, that coyote's a badass. Um, No, the Roadrunner always gets away. Yeah, I know, but it's because it's fast. Okay, so this week on While Samantha's Dad was here, we got so many Amber alerts. It was fucking sad. For Jennifer and Jessica. Yes, just so many. But it did make us think, what other alerts are there? Yeah. So obviously there's... We're going to go through a list with you. Amber yeah. Alert, they're issued for children aged 17 and younger whose whereabouts are unknown. Um, law enforcement must determine the circumstances of the disappearance were not willing and pose a risk to the child's health and safety. Alerts can be issued for children 13 and younger taken without permission, whether willing or unwilling. This is common in cases of parental abduction. Uh, Amber Alerts can be sent through SMS, text messaging, radio alerts, and digital billboards, all of which were going off all weekend. Yeah. 
Um, what kind of brought this up for me is that we saw a silver alert and I was like, what's a silver alert? Like, I've never heard of that. Um, and so we started kind of researching these. Um, so Texas silver alerts went live for the first time in 2007. Silver alerts focus on helping seniors age 65 or older, as well as younger seniors who may have Alzheimer's. Seniors who quote-unquote wander because of cognitive impairment can become lost, disoriented, and forget how to reach home. So silver alerts are issued when a police department is notified of someone who's missing and they think that it's because of a mental impairment that they're missing, that they can't find their own way home. So um, additional resources like highway signs can be activated if it's confirmed the senior was driving a known vehicle at the time. Otherwise, they won't put it on roadway searches or roadway billboards. Um, the next one we found was called a blue alert. I have personally never seen a blue alert. Me neither. Uh, but what it is, it's, it's to warn the public about uh, violent offenders who have hurt law enforcement. So they just need to be a, a, the, a description of the offender's vehicle or its tags or partial tag must be available to make the announcement to the public. When a blue alert occurs, the relevant law enforcement agency has determined that the offender is a serious threat to the public and other law enforcement staff. They then set up the blue alerts to be so members of the public can call with any information. Yeah. One that I think is interesting, um, I've never seen this, the camo alert yes. says that experts estimate the rate of PTSD in recent military veterans might be as high as 30%. People with mental illness are more likely to be the victims of violence than to initiate it. And in some cases, service members with mental health concerns could pose a threat to themselves um, and the public. So Texas instituted its camo alert program in 2019 to notify the public about current or former military personnel who are missing. Personnel must register for the program in advance to be eligible. A physician or a psychologist must verify that the person suffers from a mental illness or a traumatic brain injury. So the final one we have is a clear alert. It's a specialized Texas state program to assist in missing adults who are not eligible for help under the other programs. Um, recognizing the dangers that can be faced by adult Texans throughout their lives, the clear alert fills the gap between the Amber Alert and the Silver Alert programs. Individuals 18 to 64 of age whose current whereabouts are unknown are eligible for the program. A law enforcement investigation must make a preliminary finding that the disappearance was against the subject's will or may lead to imminent harm. Alerts must be issued within 72 hours of the disappearance. So those were just some alerts that we felt the public needs to know. Oh, I got my DNA test results. Oh, yeah. Do you want to go through those? Yeah, tell me about your DNA. Okie dokie. It's not very exciting. No? <laughs> no. Um, so it's 36% England and Northwestern Europe. Okay. 29% Sweden and Denmark. Mm-hmm. 10% Germanic Europe, 10% Ireland, okay. 6% Indigenous Americans, mm -hmm. 6% Wales, 3% Spain. You're 6% whale? Mm-hmm. That's from my mom. So was she also a whale? 
That's so insulting. <laughs> I was trying to ask you that the whole time, and you did not get no, it. No, I, I did said, not get it. I said, so you're part whale? Well, and you go, yeah, my mom was. It's I hate my you mom. so much. <laughs> so much hate. That was really fun. Fuck yourself. I love you. You love me, too. I didn't say that. Yeah, you do, though. But I didn't say it, so it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Feel? My couch comes tomorrow. Your couch does come tomorrow. I'm so fucking excited. It has a pit. I'm so pumped for my couch. It has a pit, y'all. Yeah. So we did the math. Yeah. It's got to be huge. Yeah. Uh, I remember when we were first, like, measuring things out. Like, number one, we couldn't find a tape measurer, okay? <laughs> but we were like, hey, I know that I am five foot seven, so I'm just going to lay down twice, and we'll multiply that and see how big that is. And so I did that, and we did the math wrong. Yeah, so we, we put were, 124, didn't we, at first? Um no. We did, we did 114 because I was adding 57 and 57 instead of 67 and 67. So 134 oh. is twice my height. But we had only measured out 114. And so I was looking at couches and the sizes of them. And I was like, there's no way any of these couches can even fit in my house. Like, how do people buy couches? I was looking at, like miniature couch not miniature couches but like small ones that could only seat a few people and I was like god this is gonna suck well then we redid the math and I was like oh oh I can fit so much more couch than I thought in here you know 20 inches is a big deal so (laughs) we were talking about the measurements today and I was like yeah it's 121 inches wide and they're like I'm sorry what (laughs) I'm like yeah it's 10 feet wide (laughs) they're like Again, what? Like, where is this going to fit? So we're going to have a fun adventure tomorrow, (laughs) putting together this couch. Yes. And Um, seeing how it fits, because it's apparently gigantic. It's constantly be big. I'm (laughs) so excited, though. My couch couch is a very standard, like, fits three people across type of couch. And that's it. That's it. That's the only, like, living room furniture I had. I had a chaise lounge. I got rid of that because I never used it and I lived alone. So I figured, why do I need more than one piece of living room furniture? But here we are. (laughs) I've adopted a family of three. You took in refugees. I did. And uh, we needed more space. So since I've been looking for a new couch anyway, we just kind of were like, okay, it's time to do it. Like, let's go. So ordered the couch. It's finally coming tomorrow. It's your dream couch. It is. I've been looking at this couch for, like, I swear, two years in, like, my home decorating groups on Facebook. Like, everyone talks about this couch, and everyone talks about how comfy it is. So I truly went out on a limb and ordered a couch from the internet. So we're going to see how this goes. I'm excited. I am, too. So two people now that have come to visit me in my home have been very surprised when I've told them how we record. I don't even think about it. I don't, I guess I don't think about it when I'm listening to other podcasts, but I guess I do assume they're sitting in chairs. We're sitting on the floor. We're sitting like cross-legged on the floor in my bedroom. I'm leaning against her bed. Yeah, and I just... Chill. Yeah, I kind of squirm all over the place. I change how my legs are. I like lay flat and whatever. I flip around. 
But yeah, we're not on furniture. No, we're not. The microphones are attached to a table. But an it's end like table. an end table. <laughs> yeah, it's small. So yeah, that's our current setup. And like, it's not great. It's fine, but it's not ideal. Yeah, but it doesn't bother me that much. I like sitting on the ground. Yeah, I'm not bothered by it either. I like sitting on the ground, but like, it is weird. Occasionally, I would like something a little bit more comfortable than just the ground. Yeah, and it is weird. Yeah, but we're still working on like how to get this all, I mean, this is still early days. We, We barely get our shit out on time. You guys know us. Like, it's been a rough couple months, guys. It has. It has. We are trying so hard to, like, work ahead so that we're not in a crunch every single week. And yet, every single week, we're in a fucking crunch, man. Yeah. I mean, this week is the worst I think we've ever had. I mean, there was we've done weeks where we don't put anything out. Well, one of them. That was just one. That was just one. Truly, other, other we times did. we've done mini-sodes. Or something. Yeah. But, yeah, we're trying to work ahead because we both really enjoy doing this. It, like, life just happens, you know? Gets in the way and fucks shit up. And Yeah. Like, my kid's sick right now. Yeah. Like, life is always happening. Yeah. Earlier this week, I was super tired the first night we talked about it. The second night, you actually fell asleep putting Jackson to sleep. I did try to wake you up, and then you stayed asleep, so I just left you and was like, obviously you're tired, like... We'll have more time. We'll figure it out. And then, then the la- we were like, well, I guess we're doing it all on Sunday. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. It's 10 p.m. And we still have to edit. Oh, my God. Because we say a lot of stupid shit, you guys. Oh, my God. You we'll wouldn't believe. We'll do a blo- bloopers reel eventually. Oh, yeah. We There's have some files saved. S- a lot of stupid shit on there. That'll, we- that'll save us one of the times when we don't have time to do an episode. We'll be like, you know what? Y'all are getting the bloopers. Valid. Also, we sometimes just make noises. Yeah. Because words don't come out and sounds do. Like, yeah. it's just like, bah, and, and there's burps. And farts. Yeah. Things happen, you know? There's dogs. There's cats. cats. There's... Yeah, there's a menagerie of things happening. It's unique. Um, so unique. I don't even know if I saved anything from the last episode. I was just, like, burning and turning. I feel like that's what's going to happen on this yeah, episode. Yeah, this one won't have bloopers that we get to leave. Nope. And funny shit happened. We got lost in the middle of a story and had to start the whole thing over. But y'all are going to miss it, and we're not going to cut it for bloopers. So, (sighs) sucks to suck. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Doom Crew Podcast. We now have a Patreon. You can find us as The Doom Crew Podcast. We have three different levels. All right. For $1 per month, you can participate on the manslaughter level. And at that level, you get to participate in polls that help determine future content. We also have level two, which is $3 per month, and that's our second degree murder level. So you're going to get to participate in those polls still, but you can also ask us personal questions that we answer on air, and we will read your name out loud on our podcast. Level three is $5 a month. That is our first degree murder level. On top of all of the incredible benefits I already told you, you'll get to join us for a monthly Zoom call. We appreciate all of your support on all of our platforms. Thank you so, so much for listening. Now a message from our biggest supporter and our smallest fan, my little man. Take it away, Jack. Thank you, Jesus.
Tisha and Samantha. Like and subscribe. Please leave a five-star review. Thank you.